Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. It's exciting to be here, to be able to celebrate the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this time of year, I love hearing Merry Christmas said as you're at the mall or just out and about. And whether people know it or not, they're actually saying, have a joyous celebration of Christ. Christmas means the celebration of Jesus, after all, the celebration of Christ. And yet I realize that in, in this Christmas season, there's a variety of feelings even represented in the room here tonight. Some of us are here, we're, we're warm and happy, and others of us, the season can be difficult to celebrate, maybe due to the loss of a loved one, maybe for a variety of other reasons. But, but what I know is this, is that what we're called here to do tonight is not celebrate the season, but to celebrate Christ, the reason for the season. And throughout this Advent, we've looked at the gifts that God has given us, hope, love, peace, and joy, when Jesus came. And I believe that no matter where we find ourselves right here and now, that remembering that first Christmas nearly 2,000 years ago can make this a Christmas to remember. After all, the the all-important message of Christmas is Emmanuel. God is with us. And whether you're sitting here as a happy person, a hurting person, a lonely person, or even a sorrowing person, we can find encouragement in this gospel truth. God is with you, God will help you, and God will strengthen you. And that's a message for all of us to embrace. It's a message that we can share with others, and it's certainly a message worth gathering here together tonight to celebrate. Remember the real reason for Christmas Remember that first Christmas points to the real reason for us to celebrate tonight. And the real reason for Christmas is found in the angel's proclamation to the shepherds on that first Christmas night. It's recorded for us in Luke 2, 11 and 12. The angel proclaims, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. We discovered that the purpose of Christmas and the purpose of Christ's coming was not merely to present us with a sweet picture of baby Jesus lying in a manger there in Bethlehem, but that he's our savior. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Don't get me wrong at all. There's a lot to celebrate about God coming in such modest means and in the picture of Mary and Joseph and the shepherds coming in worship. It's something to take in. In fact, the scene is quite awe-inspiring. But I want to encourage us tonight to, to maybe go beyond the manger scene a bit. Go beyond the manger scene. The Christmas time is about more than the Christ child lying in a manger. In fact, the angel declares that Christ child Savior, which means that Christmas is about much more. I mean, when we really think about it, Christmas is about God coming to earth in human flesh so he could die on the cross for our salvation which makes available to us life abundant, that life that we've been created to have through Jesus Christ. Now, people people rarely think of the cross at Christmas. And they usually don't consider Philippians 2, 5 through 8, a Christmas passage. But I want to pose to you tonight that both address the true meaning of Christmas. So look with me at Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Paul clearly connects the thoughts of the birth of Christ with the cross that awaited him. And as Paul writes about God coming as a man, he goes on to express the ultimate reason God chose to demonstrate this incredible love to us. Paul writes in verse 8, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Paul's word choice there is quite interesting. The, the phrase being found in human form may be paraphrased like this. Catch this. And looking as though he were merely human. It's another way of looking at it. Think about that. And looking as though he was merely human. What, what's Paul writing? He said Jesus definitely was a true human being, but he's much, much more. <laughs> that in the very nature, he was God. The God-man. And there's something noteworthy about the Greek word that, that we translate as form. In fact, I find this very interesting, that word form. It's the same word used in an account from ancient times to depict a king who exchanged his royal garments briefly for the clothing of a beggar. And when Paul wrote this, those who read it for, at first, in the time of Paul, would have understood that. He used that word form, and they would have thought of that story of that king who exchanged his royal garment briefly for the clothing of a beggar. Consider this. Consider how the Spirit of God inspired Paul to use that phrase, that specific word about Jesus' coming to earth. That when Jesus came, it, it was really a moment when Almighty God shed his glorious appearance and exchanged it for the clothing of human flesh. For the purpose of our salvation, God laid aside his, his radiant glory, took upon himself human flesh, and was manifested in the very likeness of a human being. That Jesus, Jesus our King, not only humbled himself and exchanged his royal garments with the clothing of a servant, human flesh, but out of profound love for us, was obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus, God incarnate was willing to stoop to any measure, any measure needed to offer us salvation. Jesus being born, born in, in a modest stable, lying in a manger, an animal's feeding trough, demonstrates the, the attitude of God humbly lowering himself to become like a member of his creation for the salvation of each and every one of us. The Hebrew writer offers this explanation and, and picture of Christ, Hebrews 12.2. Looking to Jesus, he writes, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Think about that tonight. As God, Jesus came to earth as the God-man. He despised the shame of the cross, but lovingly, and he humbly, endured it, knowing it was the path leading to salvation, that all who place their faith in him as Savior and Lord will be in a right relationship with God, with the promise of eternity and abundant life. According to Philippians 2.8, Jesus, Jesus humbled himself. He, he chose to go to, to any measure in order to offer a salvation in, in his eternal presence. I mean, Jesus, God, he, he, he places humanity upon his divinity and was born in a stable. He, he lived a human life. He died a criminal's death on a cross. 
He died for our sins. He was, he was resurrected for our salvation. He returned to heaven where he's preparing a place for those who follow him to spend eternity with him. He fills the believer with the, his very own spirit, with his presence, providing hope, love, peace, and joy. And he'll return to take us to be with him forever in paradise. Now, now that's not something to celebrate tonight. I don't know what is. I mean, that's why we're here. That's why we've gathered here to celebrate Christ. As we remember that first Christmas, think about it. Take a moment and think about it. Our Lord God, high and exalted, clothed in eternal glory, came to earth, born in a modest stable, and went to the cross for each of us. And all of this required love and humility beyond our comprehension, beyond our ability. He did all this to glorify God the Father, and he did it because he loves us and to offer us salvation by meeting us wherever we are, wherever we are, emotionally, physically, spiritually, wherever we are, he meets us there. This is why we've gathered to celebrate Christ. As we've gathered to to remember that first Christmas when the light of the world came, let this time of remembrance make this, this a Christmas to remember. As we reflect on the Christ child born in Bethlehem nearly 2,000 years ago, Remember that he was willing to do whatever was required to offer us salvation right now. The late great storyteller Paul Harvey, does anyone remember Paul Harvey? Okay, that tells us what age we are, right? The late great storyteller Paul Harvey told the story of a family on, on Christmas Eve. He says the family had a tradition where the mother and children would go to Christmas Eve service, but the father would stay at home. And so they would head off to Christmas Eve services, and when they came back, they would open up some of the presents. Now, you have to understand, the father wasn't an evil man. He just came to a point where he couldn't believe anymore what he considered children's stories of God coming as a baby, lying in a manger, and dying on the cross for his salvation. So as the family left church, the man, the father sat by the fireplace and read a book. Suddenly, he heard a tapping on the window. It was a bird flying against the window, it just tapping up against the glass, trying to get out of the, the snow and, and try to get into the warmth of the home. And the man had compassion on the bird and, and went outside trying to bring him into the home. Can you picture it? As he approached the bird, the bird just flew more frantically into the window even harder. Pretty soon, the the bird flew into the bushes below to try to keep away from this big man. Yet, the man continued to try to get to the bird. And the more he tried to get to the bird, the more the bird flew into the snow and into the bush and its thorns. And the man finally, after a few minutes, got frustrated. And in the midst of his frustration, he said, You dumb bird. Can't you understand what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to help you. And as the man paused and thought, he thought to himself, if only I could make this bird understand, if only I could make this bird understand, if I could become a bird and get the bird to understand that he would come into the warm house. Just then, the church bells rang like it did every hour on the hour. But this time, when the man heard the bells, he fell to his knees. And he cried out, oh God, I didn't understand. Oh God, I didn't understand. 
but I do now. Think about it. God's son came in human form so we might understand from where we have come, why we're separated from him and how we could be restored to him. He was willing to come and die so we can have abundant life in him. That's what Christmas is really all about. It's about God who loves us so much that he came. As I like to say, quoting from the message, he he moved into our neighborhood, so to speak. That the Christmas message isn't about us trying to reach God, but God who reached us. Who was willing to stoop down to any measure so we could have a personal relationship with him. And you might be asking, what must I do to receive this gift of salvation in Christ? And like any gift, you've got to reach out and receive it. You've got to grasp it. Here and now, you can receive the greatest Christmas present of all time. Here and now, the gift of abundant life in Christ. All you need to do is say, Lord Jesus, I'm tired of doing life my way. I want to do it your way. I believe that you're Lord and Savior. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you're my Savior. And I ask that you come into my life right now. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. If you say yes to Jesus tonight, if you say yes to those things, yes to Jesus, then you've received the greatest gift of all, a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something, that will make this a Christmas to remember. So where are you with Christ? Have you received him as your Lord and Savior? And and if you have, are you allowing this remembrance of that first Christmas to make this a Christmas to remember? To remember what Christ has done for us, the light of the world coming so we could know God and walk with God, have his hope, his love, his joy, his peace fill our lives. That no matter where we find ourselves tonight, he's with us. He will strengthen us. He will be everything, everything that we need. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to earth. As I said, moving into our neighborhood, so to speak. Thank you for coming to offer us salvation. I pray, Lord God, that anyone tonight who's made that decision, who said yes to you, but they wouldn't keep that decision to themselves. That they'd let one of us know so that we could be able to give them some, some material to help them take their next step. You didn't create us to do life alone. You created us to do life with you and one another. And we thank you for that. Lord Jesus, when I consider the extent to which you are willing to go in order to offer us abundant life in you, it makes me want to celebrate you and, and declare my gratitude to you. I'm amazed at how much you love me, how much you love us. Without you, I would still be lost in my sin, but because of all you've done, I'm free. Blessed with hope in you, as well as filled with your love, your peace, and your joy. I'm thankful for all you've done for me and all you've done for each and every one of us. We celebrate you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for coming. And thank you so much for the promise that you're going to come again and take us home. May we have a Merry Christmas, a joyful celebration of you, I pray. Amen.